Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. And joining us for a look at tech this week is Asha Barbashar, editor of Gizmodo. Asha, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife. Hi, thanks for having me again. Great to have you with us too. Purchasing a mobile phone is one of those unavoidable costs and if you get the latest and greatest every couple of years, of course, it does tend to burn a hole in your wallet. They're very expensive, the the, uh, latest phones these days. It seems though the big players are starting to cash in on the market for budget phones. I've always suspected this was a market uh, opening. What are the rumours on this? Yeah, so Apple has now made three budget phones with the, that, that have the SE moniker, which is what it uses for the not so expensive versions of its of its iPhone. Um, I, I guess what last year it was called the iPhone SE 5G because it offered 5G. Um, but there's been a bit of a whiplash with this one this year. So in January, a trusted Apple leaker real title. Uh, he said the SE had been put on ice, but about a fortnight ago, we were told the fourth budget phone could still be happening. Uh-huh. Well, there's there's kind of uh, surely a market for it because at the top end, as we've discussed in the past, innovation in phones is kind of tapering off because what more can they do other than improve the cameras? And, uh, you know, that's happening. But you, increasingly, you wonder whether you need to update your phone, really, because what more has it got that your old one didn't? And down the bottom end of the market, people probably want just some simple basic things. What what is what do these basic phones offer? Yeah, so with last year's phone, because that's really the only one that is set in stone that I can talk to. Last hmm. year's budget iPhone, um, it launched for seven hundred and nineteen dollars, which was six hundred and eighty dollars cheaper than the cheapest iPhone at the time. Mm-hmm. So there is there is that it's still quite expensive, but it is a fed, it's a decent chunk of money that you save by opting for the budget phone. But what you get is, and at the time, actually, I I said it was kind of like I was using a 2022 phone in the body of a 2016 iPhone. So you had the, similar to the latest software, but it, the phone itself, it had the little circle fingerprint uh, home button, mm-hmm. the touch ID phone button. It, it, whereas the, the iPhones haven't had that for a few years. So it did look like you were using a more budget phone. And of course, the camera system was was not great. <laughs> hmm, hmm. Still, for a lot of people, it might be enough, I, I imagine, because the high-end camera functions on the top, top of the range models are probably, let's face it, not used by many people. Absolutely. You tend to just kind of point and, and snap. Point and you, just point and, you just point and shoot and send it to a friend, don't you? I mean, you, are you really exactly. sitting there doing filtering and, you know, matching and sizing and erasing bits and pieces and all, all that? I know you can, but for most people, I don't imagine that's the use of it, is it? Exactly. And the, the camera system that was on the budget iPhone last year was not terrible. It mm. wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Now, the only kind of limitation was really when you were taking video or when you were shooting something in low light or at nighttime. And if you are doing that for more than what you just said, taking a photo and sending it to your friend, you're going to opt for a phone with a better camera because that is your main criteria potentially in getting a phone. Hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, what do you think? The, what do you think the future is? Does it, do you think it's going to be a, a substantial part of the market? I, I hope it is. Um, and I mean, Google also have a budget phone, and of course, there are other manufacturers that have phones that are under the thousand dollar mark. These mm. are just the 
you know, the, the two, uh, two of the three top tier phone makers offering a, a cheaper phone. But I think that especially, especially as the cost of these phones is increasing exorbitantly, it would be nice for there to be a phone that is a little bit more accessible to people. Uh, you know, you do get a similar experience, even maybe cut back on some of those great features that the people that pay top tier will get, but just don't remove everybody from accessing something new just because they can't mm. afford it. I think that that's my, my view I think there. That's probably right. All right. Interesting story coming out of Western Australia. Police have fined an electric uh, car driver for allegedly stealing electricity to charge his car. <laughs> yeah. The uh, WA police put it on Facebook and the post has gone viral. What happened? Yeah, so we've, you and I have spoken about EVs a lot before, and one of the things we keep getting to is the lack of infrastructure around Australia um, as a reason that many are yet to be converted. But as you said, a man in Western Australia needed a charge, so he pulled out his emergency charger. Um, it's the one that comes with the car, so it should only be used, as, as its name is called, in an emergency. It's very slow to charge, won't get you too far, but it'll get you home or to a near, mm -hmm. uh, near nearest charger, and it collects to an Australian war socket um, and what, what, what this person did was plug it into a power box in a bit of bushland in WA. Fair enough. Um, the, Fair. Driver, the driver wasn't allowed to do this though. So it's, it's, uh, well, he probably needed theft. to, probably needed to, it was um, an emergency. Exactly. 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 So the, the uh, allegations are uh, that it's electricity theft. Um, so, as you said, in a Facebook post, WA police said it was illegal to use anything other than approved service points to recharge your e-vehicles. So he was issued a $500 fine and found via CCTV footage. I think that's a bit stiff, really. I mean, I think they need to th rethink some of these things, <laughs> don't they? I mean, like it could have issued him with a bill for the electricity, which wouldn't have the, been... The the first thing that came to mind was, and it's so off topic, but when I was younger and you'd be walking home from school or uh, playing around the, the neighbourhood, there'd be people with taps out the front. And I used to fill my dog's portable bowl up when I was walking him, for yeah. example, using other people's as taps. I'm seeing it very similar to that. Obviously, it, it's it's not being treated that way. Um, but it, And electricity isn't free. It costs money. But um, I, I think maybe we could see it as a three-strike system rather than a, the first use you're out, but we don't know the history, whether or not this has been done in the past or whether this was a one-off mm. situation. Yeah, it's a bit, I don't bit know. stiff. All right. Um, uh, look, now to TikTok, where it's a case if you can't beat them, join them. Apparently Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, everyone is copying TikTok. This is the Chinese-based social media server. In what ways are they copying? Yeah, so we call this the TikTokification. It's a bit of a mouthful, um, but the, the latest, as you said, is, is Spotify. They've started introducing a new interface, which is comparable to TikTok or Instagram feed. You know, on your feed, how you just swipe through, you just flick and you see the next post. Uh, that, that is kind of how Spotify is now going to be recommending music to users. So it'll be a little bit of a music clip and other kind of visual aspects instead of just a standard list of albums. Okay, all right. Um, there's been some developments too in the case of the Australian Privacy Commissioner versus Facebook. This is a case where the High Court was to decide if Facebook was liable for the possible breach of 300,000 Australians' personal data. What's the latest in this case? 
Yeah, so there's a bit of history with this one. Yeah, if you cast your mind back to late 2015, it news broke that Facebook had allowed a third-party company known as Cambridge Analytica uh, on unauthorized access to user data. Um, now, since then, uh, there's been a lot unfold around the world. Different privacy commissioners, um, those in Europe, the US, the UK, have kind of gone after Facebook for want of a better word uh, about this mishap. Um, Australia's Information Commissioner, Information and Privacy Commissioner, she filed proceedings against Facebook in the federal court in March 2020 um, after getting the, uh, after being, um, sorry, after attaining leave to, to serve the initiating court documents, mm -hmm. Facebook was then given, was then given special leave. Uh, the Privacy Commissioner then fought that decision and it was only earlier this month that she's been given the go ahead to you know, given the green light to go ahead with the, with this case. Um, the Privacy Commissioner is seeking a fine of $1.7 million for each contravention that the court finds. So we don't know how many contraventions that will be or even if the court will accept her request. Um, but if the last couple of years have shown us anything is that this is going to be a very long, drawn-out case. Yeah, it probably closes up closes off some wriggle room for other tech companies who say, uh, we're based overseas, therefore you can't service or we're not liable in Australia for misusing or well, dealing with people's data. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, that's why that 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 that, argue, that very argument was put forward um, that they didn't operate in Australia. Yeah. But a key part of the commissioner's argument was the reference to entities operating in Australia. So she was very deliberate in her choice of wording. Hmm. Yep. Okay. And finally, there's a headline you don't read every day. Dyson is getting kids to run around Melbourne wearing backpacks to test, test air quality. What's going on? It's an initiative apparently called Breathe Melbourne. What's happening? Yeah. So I would like you to cast your mind back about a year. Um, Dyson might be known for awesome vacuum cleaners, pretty good hairstyling devices. But in March last year, it released a mask thing. Uh, that can only be described as dystopian chic. Mm. It looked like it was something straight out of a sci-fi movie or Silence of the Lambs. Basically, it was a headset, headphones, cross-air purifying mask. Um, but since then, and it, I kind of see this as Dyson heading out to the market with a, with a bang, kind of bringing attention to the need for air purification, especially uh, in a post-COVID world. Um, so from there... Um, <laughs> Dyson's been on a mission to work on air quality. So the latest move, it's a bit less bizarre, but still still bizarre. It's getting 300 kids in Melbourne to wear a Dyson backpack to and from school uh, with the idea of to, to hope to gain a bit of an insight into air quality. Basically, they just want to measure children's exposure to air pollution mm -hmm. and I, I guess hand the, hand the findings over to those that make decisions to, to see what they can do to fix it if, if there is mm. something that, that can be fixed. Okay, interesting. All right, Asha, good to talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.